0: Welcome to Nut Central. We're nuts about sports. Well, folks, today I'm very pleased to be joined by Donovan Bennett from Sportsnet uh, for Nut Central here today. Uh, thanks so much for taking the time to join us today, Donovan. My pleasure. I mean, normally I've got my partners with me, but, uh, you know, they certainly wish they could be here. They've got work and stuff going on, so I'm very fortunate to have the privilege to have this one-on-one with you. And where I'd like to start with you, Donovan, is, you know, you've been with Sportsnet since 2013. Uh, as a writer, you know, as a broadcaster, you're jumping in for your buddies Tim and Sid here and there on the show, of course, and just talk about this journey from 2013 on to now with Sportsnet and just w- wherever you want to take it. Has it been going?
1: Yeah. So I'm. Thank you for telling me it's been since 2013 because people ask me all the time how long you've been at Sportsnet, and I have no idea. Like the time flies and. I'm terrible with dates and times and my time at Sportsnet kind of blends into my time previously at The Score cuz I'm doing a lot of similar things with a lot of similar people um and you know I became a part of the Sportsnet family um, by acquisition I was uh you know brought over in the merger when you know Big Rogers bought uh the television property of of The Score obviously the app and the website are separate um but yeah, like it's been um I guess uh evolution would be the best non um ambiguous term I could use, because uh, it's just been that like it's 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 just snowballed where um I've, I've had the opportunity to do a bunch of things that I never thought. I would get the opportunity to do, but like even maybe more importantly, I never thought I would want to do, or I'd be very good at doing. Um, so, like you know, there's a saying, um, you know, we we make plans and kind of God laughs, and that's certainly been the case for me. Because um, if you asked me when I was getting into the industry, well, what is it that you want to do? I was like, I know, I want to be an anchor, highlights. Personality Canadian Stu Scott sign me up, and then now, if you ask me if i 'd wanted to do that, my answer would be no. Would I be good at doing that? No, are there people like Ken and Ivanka uh, and Carly and Martine uh, and Eric that are much better at me than doing that? Yes, no question so um, you know it 's just snowballed where I would um, you know produce uh, the features that i 'm in and host them and uh, covering some new sports and we needed some new sports content on our website. So I started writing and writing became a much bigger part of uh, my role. And I didn't just write on new sports or not just on football or basketball, but you know, everything. And that turned into writing for TV and doing some uh, video essays. And my relationship with Tim and Sid got me doing some stuff on their radio show, which turned into doing stuff on their TV show, which turned into hosting TV myself. So, It's just been um, like a like trial by fire, you know, sink or swim learning experience where because Sportsnet has so many different platforms, um, I've been able to like lily pad from one to the other and try different things. And ultimately, though. I'm pretty platform agnostic. I don't really care where I'm telling the stories. I just want to tell stories. And that's kind of what I want to do. I want to tell stories that I'm passionate about with people that I'm really moved by and, and are, you know, as passionate um, and tell stories, you know, less about the X's and O's of sports. Because although I, I love the inside baseball stuff, what I really love is where sports rubs up and touches and intersects with other parts of our culture, Right race, gender, sex, um, you know, socioeconomic status, politics, which is a bad word for many people, um, religion, and so um, fashion, movies, um, and so, you know, that's kind of what I've been able to do and what I endeavor to kind of continue to try and do and and carve out a little bit of a niche for myself.
0: Well, it almost sounds like you're speaking my language because I love everything you just mentioned in terms of, you know, all the issues we're facing and just, but again, like you mentioned religion and politics two kind of taboo words, right that we don't seem to want to mix together, just in general conversation with anybody around the dinner table. so why is that important to change that now, maybe to bring those you know those conversations into into sport?
1: Yeah, well I mean I think religion um, for many is is kind of seen as a bad word because um, we see how extreme religious Uh, views and opinions um, often are politicized and are used to divide more than to bring together. And so um, when I think of religion, you know, I I was uh, raised in a Baptist church um, and like the, you know, the Pentecostal church on the two sides of my family. And so when I think of religion, I think of fellowship. I think of communion. I think of community. Uh, My grandparents, um, who I loved dearly, they moved to Toronto in the early 60s, dropped into Toronto. Um, We're in like the little Portugal, little Italy area of Toronto. Um, And they went to a very specific church, Ossington Baptist Church, which they still go to to this day, even though they don't live in the area anymore. And what it was for them as new Canadians was a place for them to meet people, to, to, to find other families that had similar struggles, similar interests, um, to find other West Indian families that they could commiserate with, share best practices with, help and, and extend their family. And I say all that to say, um, for many people, quite frankly, sports is the religion, right? Their, their love of athletics is the religion. It's where they're in a locker room where they're meeting people uh, that they never would have met before, that maybe they didn't realize, but through sport realize they have more in common with and they are more alike than they are different. And many people, um, you know, that altar that is sports of bring people together um, is really, really important for them. It's something that they kind of need in the cadence of their lives. And so, um, if that's the pulpit that I've been given to, to be able to speak to some people about some issues that are really important because of their love and their yearning for sports, but also their love and their yearning for that connectivity that sports gives us. Um, then like, that's kind of an, um, you know, the opportunity that, that I'm looking to really lean into. Um, so I, I do think, uh, I do think th- those two things are are somewhat uh, related, and they're not necessarily mutually exclusive, at least from my lived experience.
0: Well, it's powerful stuff, because I mean, I'm not here to talk about myself, but speaking for myself for just a moment, I mean, I uh, just recently became a Christian. I discussed this with you just through email a little bit, and mm-hmm. I'm almost afraid to talk about it sometimes, because it comes with cliches. It comes with assumptions, and that, that's troublesome, because, you know, if you look at You know jesus for example we don't we don't truly know the color of his skin and that was intentional i think that we didn't find that out because that wasn't important you know and i i know we've heard from you also you know some people say in this whole race conversation i don't see race well that's easy for a white person to say right
1: yeah it's it's true and so um so you said a lot there so there's kind of multiple things uh I don't want to address. And first, I totally uh, hear you and understand you and see you. Um, when you say you're kind of uneasy to bring up your your faith because of the views and perceptions that many people will immediately put on you without even really getting to know your getting to know what your journey um, to to coming to your faith is. And again, I think sports for me, um, maybe it was. a was a way for me to reconcile that a little bit. Um, one of my favorite athletes to watch, uh, to kind of cheer for, and and you know, to 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 cover, uh, has been Stephen Curry, and he's obviously um, you know very very upfront and honest about his faith. It's not something that he's hiding, but he has like this amazing way to be disarming with it, right, to, to not have people judge him about it, to not have people put a, a wall about it. And he has an amazing way to make being spiritual, you know, whatever religion that you practice, doesn't have to be the same as him or same as me, but but having a relationship, um, you know, with religion, he has this amazing way of making it seem cool, like making it seem fun, right? It's not like medicine every Sunday, right? It's not work. Um, and so that's, uh, that's honestly, you know, just watching him, covering him, being around him, seeing what he does—that's um, been like a, a, a nice reminder, but also an inspiration um, to me. And you know, um, I think some people could say to Steph Curry, you know, they may say to you or they may say to someone else watching this, "Oh man, I like—I had no idea that you were religious. I had no idea you're a Christian." And that could be taken two ways. It could be taken as like somewhat. Disrespectful, or that could be taken as like maybe the most respectful because that's that's um you're you're being viewed as as a whole person and not just that side of you. But yeah, Steph Curry is a great example. I think Pinball Clemens um uh, for me personally is uh is another one. And and so for me in my work, um, and there's often an adversarial relationship, and this is the other side of kind of what you said that um spoke to me. There's always an adversarial relationship between the media between athletes and sometimes between the media and between the audience now as divisive as social media can be. And, um, you know, I I do think part of it is maybe because of, um, you know, my religion. I think part of it is because I was, um, an athlete at a like somewhat decent level. I was an athlete in university. So not clearly a pro, but was covered by reporters and know what that's like. I, I, I really, really think, feel it's important that, um, from my role as a media, like to lead with like some empathy, right. To lead with some curiosity, to, to put myself in other people's shoes, whether it's the audience I'm speaking to, whether it's the athletes that I cover and quite frankly, whether it's like my employers. Um, and, and so, um, you know, that's like a, an ideal um, that comes from a religion that, you you know, you, you kind of want to treat others the way that you would like to be treated. And so um, part of the reason why I think my coverage might sound or look a little bit different or um, my interviews um, might be a little bit more conversational is because I, I really want to always make sure that the athletes uh, that I'm covering um, feel like uh, I, I'm, I'm trying to treat them the way that I would want to be treated if I was in their shoes and, and show a level of humanity uh, in them to the audience that, that I would appreciate if I was the one being covered.
0: It seems like during COVID, a lot of walls are just coming down, you know, because, and we're just, we're finding ourselves being, ex- well, we're exposing a lot of these societal societal issues, right? And if sport can help to do that, I mean, this has got to be such a great opportunity for growth for sport and for yourself and all your colleagues going forward and we've already seen lots of change
1: yeah i mean like there's we have two choices right we can use this period to kind of be bitter right like we're all being asked to sacrifice and having changes to our lives um that are really none of our faults like nothing that any of us could have done um would have um been able to To steer us away from the situation I mean now I suppose some decisions by some politicians maybe could have but um, in the aggregate the average person is dealing with situations that have nothing to do with them so we could be really bitter about that or we could use this time this 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 newfound time that we have uh, to figure out a way to be better to do some introspection uh, some some self-reflection uh, to do some real work that really, if we're being honest, we often don't have time and don't have the luxury to do. Um, especially when you're in a city, you know, like I am in Toronto, where it's hustle and bustle and everyone is so busy and so focused on the, the day's tasks. Um, and, and so I think that's maybe where a lot of these conversations are coming from. Um, so, So I think it is important that However long this period lasts as we start to you know, restart our economy and, and phase back into whatever our new normal is going to be, that we don't just use this time to do our at-home workouts and you know become runners if we weren't runners and get a lot of kilometers in uh, or you know drink more water, whatever those New Year's resolutions that we're now doing in this the pandemic. We, we don't just do those things about our, our physical health. We do that about our mental health. And that also includes thinking about and, uh, some bigger topics that we don't often think about and having some internal conversations that we don't have. And then working through those thoughts on talks like this, when we're getting together more often for social distance drinks or on Zoom calls or using the house party app um, to have some collective conversations as we're just striving for that connection that we talked about earlier. Um, then kind of sharing what we've kind of learned with, with, with others so that um, we do have a little bit more uh, community and, and fellowship and the listening and learning that we're all doing individually, uh, kind of cascades out across, uh, you know, our society.
0: I just love that word fellowship that you keep using. Cause it's like, you know, that's what it's about community. And uh, that's a beautiful thing. And it's clear that your peers just love you. I mean, Tim and Sid, you know, doing their best, obviously just to share their relationship with you from the very beginning that you guys have had. And I just have the sense that you have this phenomenal sense of humor, Donovan. I know we've known each other about 10 minutes. But I have this sense that, like, we need to see more of you in that way because it's there. I can see it.
1: Yeah, it's funny because, like, you know, we get stuck on, um, and and and, and uh, you know, I kind of get stuck on a lot of these really, really heavy, weighty topics, right? Like, you know, if, if you would have just uh, listened to me over the last month, you'd maybe think that the world uh, is ending. But um, I think it is also fun to an important vital to balance that out with, um, you know, the fact that like, let's be quite honest. If we literally just sat around and counted our blessings, like we would have a full day, uh, you know, like life literally is too short just to kind of walk around with a frown even though my my wife you know accuses me of having resting bitch face all the time um it, it, that like we have to laugh we have to love especially when we're talking about sports because like sports is literally like the icing on top of the cake it's like the distraction we are allowed to have if we're having a functioning kind of society and economy and and hopefully we kind of get back to that point now sports are restarting so yeah we we, we've got a laugh you've got a joke we've got a kid um and so um you know with those guys they kind of bring that side out of me whether i like it or not um uh because they're they're known to get on me um pretty tough but um Yeah, I'm not above reproach. So uh, the self-deprecating humor is something that you can continue to expect uh, on Tim and Sid.
0: Well, that's good news for sure. Uh, So sports, we've seen you cover um, basketball, football. You know, we'd love to see you covering some hockey, man. We know you you got love for the sport, too. I mean, like what what haven't you done that done yet that you're starting to say like, hey, I want to do this now?
1: Andrew, your ears are burning. Like, it's like as if you are reading the notes app on my phone or have my phone uh, tapped to, to be listening to my conversations. Um, I'm certainly going, okay, like, it's actually, you know, since we're being, um, having a frank, honest conversation, there, there was points, I wouldn't say in my career specifically, but just in my adult life as a sports fan, where I was very jaded. Towards the sport of hockey, and I loved the sport on its own, and I loved international hockey, and it was the best, and I wanted to get up and you know cheer for for Team Canada, but I was really jaded on the amount of uh, oxygen it took from the room, the amount of coverage that it got in spite of all these other sports, right? Like, we're not talking about our great tennis players and our, our beautiful um, basketball culture that we've built. And, you know, forget about talking about Canadian football. There's all of these great stories that, that were thrown to the wayside because we just focused on hockey all of the time. Um, and, and, and that was like a personal thing. And when I interned at the score, I uh, I remember this moment like it was yesterday. So we had arlen bruce which was like a big wide receiver in the cfl at the time and i was interning on a show called cfl snap and played football at university and so this was a big deal and he was you know a great player and we had him in to, to do a, a live interview um uh on the show and then quickly it just got like moved to the wayside canceled and it was like we needed to do a hit not we as in that show but we we needed to do a hit i can't remember it was like because Andrew Raycroft, the goalie, like had a sprained ankle and it was like being addressed, and I was like, "Really? Like if if you know Crosby wasn't in the league at the time, but if you know Mark Messier, like basically had a, a skate lace that was broken, like it was going to lead the ticker at the time, and the score was was one of the first places that had a ticker uh, for sports. So I I kind of you know maybe even to the to the deficit of, of loving just the sport, I, I, I was a bit jaded towards it. I'm, I'm much past that now because there are so many great stories to be told within the sport and there's just so many great people working with it within it. And so many people I root for, like I, I root for Kim Davis. I hope that she uh, is able to make the sport more inclusive. Like I think Kyle Dubis is one of the best leaders we have in our country about anything, right? Whether it's a sports team or a news organization or a school system or politics, he's an amazing leader. Uh, and so I, I hope that he does well because, you know, sports are copycat and we'll find other leaders like him. So I say all that to say that um, I have dabbled in some hockey storytelling in the last little bit, did a piece uh, on Austin Matthews and his Hispanic heritage and why that's important to him and in, in his relationship with his mom did a black history month, um, essay for hockey night, um, on hockey night. I did a great interview with Tony McKegney about his uh, experience as an NHL player. So you, one of my, um, one of my mandates for both myself, but also for our company moving forward is to, for me to be more intentional and consistent with my hockey storytelling. I think some part of it, to be honest, was just born out of, um, scarcity we have so many great hockey storytellers and so many guys doing that already that you know i kind of just figured i could add value telling some basketball stories or um some amateur sports stories because those aren't as told as much having said that i think there are a bunch of unique stories that still need to be told i think our female hockey players still need a a greater uh platform and voice and so that's something that i'm diligently going to be working towards so um the the restart aside because i don't think anyone's going to be having great access to tell stories then um next season uh, i vow to you and keep me honest that uh you will see much more consistent and dedicated hockey coverage from myself
0: well i will hold you accountable not a problem i'll be (laughs) more than happy and uh i would love to sit here and chat with you my friend of course uh it's this has been great and hopefully we can just do this again uh, much sooner and later and can't, can't thank you enough. Uh, our Sports Nut Central podcast thanks you, and we would love to have you on uh, again and again.
1: Likewise. This has been really, really fun. So appreciate you having me on.
0: Sports Nut Central. We're nuts about sports.